and welcome to this edition of Midi's Junction with me, Anne-Marie Basada. On December 31st, Bahrain's High Court upheld a five-year jail sentence against Nabil Rajab, human rights activist. His sentence relates to posts he made on social media in February of 2018. His posts accuse the government of torture and criticize Saudi Arabia's airstrikes in Yemen. Campaign groups around the world called his sentencing political persecution and utterly outrageous. For a small country, however, his case is not exceptional. The Bahrain Institute for Rights and Democracy says there are over 4,000 political prisoners. This in a country with a population of only 1.5 million. The small island in the Gulf has been pursuing a major crackdown against human rights activists. Generally, those who dare to speak up against the government and are generally Shia against the ruling Sunni family. But the small kingdom wasn't always like this. We never had this problem of sectarian Sunni and Shia. Uh, We never felt that our ruler is Sunni, majority are Shia, because we're treated fairly. I mean, for God's sake, the only country in the region that could perform Ashura, and this is a Shia activity, freely, and more than that, it is an official holiday. Government give us official holiday for Ashura, and Bahrain is the only one in the whole Gulf. So we didn't feel it like uh, Sunni and Shia until this uh, recent events. And by recent, you mean as of 2011, as of 1994? No, as, as uh, 1979. So after the Iranian when revolution? Iranian, Iranian revolution happened. That was the start of Shia suddenly popping out. Before there were no this talk about Shia and Sunnah. When the Iranian revolution happened and they were pushing and insisting on Shia, 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 so the other side started protecting themselves. That was what caused everything. That's Ali Akbar Boucheri, a Bahraini researcher and historian on Bahrain, describing the day of mourning in honor of the death of Hussein, the grandson of the Prophet Muhammad. For example, we used to live together in my neighborhood when I was a kid, and I'm a pretty old man. My neighbor was Sunni, was Jewish, was Hindu. I did not knew that he is a Sunni, and this is a, a Jewish. We're living together in the same neighborhood. My great-grandfather, who came to Bahrain, he married an Arab Sunni woman. So we didn't have that problem. He says that throughout Bahrain's history, the different communities coexisted relatively peacefully despite the small island country having been conquered numerous times. Bahrain sits close to its neighbors Saudi Arabia and Qatar and just across from Iran. Surrounded by the Persian Gulf, its name in Arabic, Al-Bahrain, means two seas. Its strategic location has always made it particularly appealing to others. If you look at the Gulf, and Bahrain from, uh, let's say, 1700 onward, most of the coast was bearing land, no agriculture, hardly any water, and the population were minimum. Bahrain had the population, had uh, spring water everywhere. We had agriculture, and 
we had natural pearls. That was the valuable commodity in those days. Bahrain was taken by the Persians, the Arabs, the Portuguese at one point, and also the British, where it became a protectorate during the 20th century. Bahrain only claimed its independence in 1971, and it has been under control by the same family, Al Khalifa, since 1783, which originates from Central Arabia. Its closest ancestral ties with Kuwait's Al Soba family a cousin connection between Bahrain's King Hamad bin Issa al-Khalifa and Emir Sabah al-Ahmad al-Jabr al-Sabah. Although its history is relatively peaceful by comparison to nearby states where revolts, coup d'etats and occupations have taken place, it too has had its own share of uprising. It's been going on before. I mean, we talk about eras of struggle in Bahrain. There was an era during the 90s and there was an era during the 80s, during the 50s, even it goes back up to the 20s, where th- there has been uprising, there has been struggles by the people against the ruling family. That's Syed Ahmed Al-Wadeh, a Bahraini activist and director of advocacy at the Bahrain Institute for Rights and Democracy based in the UK. Following the Iranian Revolution of 1979, the growing sectarianism over the 80s saw unification in the 1990s when the Sunnis and Shias pushed together for change in the government. It was those days we did not have our constitution, old constitution, enforced. So we didn't have our elected parliament. So they were seeking that. It was not successful because the people start, each one started getting greedy what I want, what I don't want. But around that time, Bahrain started to see the concrete development of its own civil society movements. Khadr Ibrahim, the executive director of the Lebanon-based Gulf Center for Human Rights, explains. Well, I think the movement started in the early 90s. The human rights movement, they established the Bahrain Center for Human Rights, Abdelhadi Khawaja and Nabir Rejab and others, and then other uh, human rights organizations and civil society gathering established in Bahrain and it is for the last I could say 28 years we witnessed the emerging civil movement in Bahrain. But since the 1990s when Bahrain's human rights and civil society began to take hold its biggest challenge to date has been the uprising of 2011 as Syed explains. But the most incredible one and the biggest one in Bahrain's history it was the one in 2011 where thousands of people marched in the street demanding political change and so on. Uh, The difference is because Bahrain is a strategic ally to the US and to Britain and geopolitically it's also like served by neighbors like Saudi Arabia and UAE, they did not allow a revolution or an overthrow of the existing government. Khalid says that even prior to 2011, things were still better in comparison to neighboring countries. It was better, not okay, it was better in 2000. Uh, all my colleagues who are now in prison, Nabil, Abdelhadi, Naji, others, they were uh, free. And although there were restrictions, but at least they were publicly working for human rights. They were allowed to go to Geneva to talk before the Human Rights Council to hold the interviews, to speak in the media, but now none of that is allowed. People are not allowed to talk at all. If you are going to speak publicly about the human rights, about violations, 
then uh, we know what will happen to any individual to imprisonment and a trial on fabricated charges and anything else could be torture. Fast track to spring 2011, the first uprising against a government in Tunisia. Syed says that across the Arabic-speaking region, many try to imitate its success with the aim of securing democracy and a free society. It's a revolution which calls for greater freedom, a revolution which calls for rule of law, for justice, for freedom, democracy. Those were the real representation by the people. One vote for one man, equal citizenship, like those were like the real demand of the public. But Khalid says that as the people took to the streets, what was initially tolerated turned ugly. The people of Bahrain, as a result of the so-called Arab Spring, they also they got massive protests in 2011. And they faced really the Saudi military campaign against them. Together with security forces in Bahrain, there was a major crackdown on human rights movements. Since the vendors are either in prison or serving a traffic ban, tortured, some of them killed, even peaceful protesters, they were executed on fabricated charges. So since the massive attacks on the human rights movement and protests in 2011, since then, we are witnessing this massive violations in Bahrain. And as Syed explains, instead of listening to the people, the government appears to have succumbed to exterior pressure from its allies and neighbors, the U.S., the U.K., the Emirates and the Saudis. Post-2011, Bahrain did see the biggest uprising in its recent history with the most popular uprising. But unfortunately for Bahrainis, the revolution was not supported or was completely ignored internationally. So we had the United States, which sits as the fifth peak in the country, was not supportive. We had Britain, which has a very strategic and interested relation with the country, also like did abandon this revolution. And instead, we had the Saudis sending their troops along with the Gulf states, suppressing the movement, suppressing the people, and being uh, with a complete silence from the international community. Syed adds that in addition to physical measures taken to crack down on dissent, the government has also revoked citizenship of its own people as punishment for speaking up against it. In the case of Syed, he has been in exile in the UK ever since losing his Bahraini nationality. The government has used different in order to punish the public. Tactics they have used is to revoke the citizenship of Bahrainis. Since 2000, the government started with this process of revoking the citizenship. And in 2015, I was one of the individuals to be revoked of his citizenship and being rendered stateless. Revoking citizenship is just another means of intimidating protesters, as other methods have been used across the region, explains Khalid. There are some popular trends across the region, like the use of legislation to imprison the vendors, the use of terrorism law and cyber crimes law, travel ban is used in Qatar and uh, Saudi Arabia and Bahrain. I mean, there are similarities uh, between these countries, a lot of similarities in, in the way they treat uh, the vendors. The general mentality here in these countries that the vendors are a threat to the state, unfortunately. And in the case of the small country of Bahrain, Syed says such a crackdown means just about everyone is caught up in it. So we have literally all the opposition leaders are currently imprisoned. Human rights defenders are either imprisoned or exiled. 
and we have journalists which are in prison. We have like all categories within the Bahrain civil societies. You, you can barely not name any of them who has not been in prison or not in, in a prison as we speak. In the case of Syed, after facing his own arrest and torture, Hajar Mansour Hadan, his mother-in-law, Syed Nizar Al-Wadeh, his brother-in-law, and Mahmoud Marzouk, his cousin, were later arrested and remain in prison on alleged charges related to his own human rights work outside the country. Khaled agrees that these are dark days for Bahrain. I think in modern history, this is the worst time for human rights in Bahrain. All the leading human rights defenders are uh, in prison including Abdelhadi al-Khawaja, Naji Fatil, and others. And it is illegal to work peacefully for human rights. There is no any permit to work for human rights. And the human rights defenders are treated worse than criminals. But at the end of the day, while the government continues with its crackdown, including the continued imprisonment of activists such as Nabil Rajab, many see the repression as a wasted opportunity. Khalid says this is the case despite initial concessions made by the government in the early days of the uprising. Because really there is not going to be any prosperous future without respecting the civil and the human rights of the people in Bahrain. Although the small island country can boast of a time of peace amongst its communities, its recent past of blatant sectarianism, coupled with a violent crackdown when the people demand change, has blurred that image. But Ali says history does repeat itself. When you talk to me, I am a person who is into history and at the same time, I am not uh, sectarian. I don't believe in sectarian. I believe in my country being united. It's a hope and dream I have to be like it was before. I know it's a far-fetched dream, but I'm dreaming. I'm hoping. And maybe in this case, Bahrain's peaceful time will once again return. That's it for this week's Mideast Junction. A special thanks to Laura Angela Benyato for her help in editing, and to Vincent Pourat for his sound production, and of course to my guests. Tune in next time for another look at the region. Mm-hmm.